That's right, Bass Edge Radio. It's turkey time during this episode and this podcast of Bass Edge Radio, number 244. That's right, Kurt. It is uh, the time of Thanksgiving, and no doubt you and I are certainly thankful for all of Bass Edge Nation tuning us in each and every episode, and also thankful for partners like MegaWare KeelGuard. Give your boat the edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Visit them at KeelGuard.com. Aaron, I am elated that we got through that awesome intro and uh, even more excited that uh, we've got another great episode of Bass Edge Radio coming right now. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Kurt, I understand in our conversation, you wouldn't tell me what it is, but per usual, even though we're a little on uh, this side of Christmas, you have another huge gift in uh, mind for a lucky listener, I guess. That's right. That's right. We got two gifts, actually. So I I tell you what, we're not going to give it all away right now. Make sure that you listen to right after the first break in the Angler Spotlight interview. Listen to what's going on. Listen to what you can win. Several hundred dollars worth of stuff. So make sure you stay tuned to the entire Angler Spotlight interview. And right after the break in the Angler Spotlight interview, you will hear the directions which could make you a winner perfect exciting stuff can't wait to hear that and before we kind of dive off into the angler spotlight kurt i do want to cover we have a lot of people that email us or correspond via our social media saying that you know they listen to us on their drive or perhaps i've even had a couple recently that said while they're in their deer stand but regardless you know we spend so much time focusing on techniques rods reels what bait to use where to look for those fish i want you to dive in quickly As far as what is going through the minds of professional anglers, you guys that are out here doing this for a living right now at this juncture, tournament schedules have been announced. You've got sponsored deals. There's there's a lot of things going on. What is kind of a day in the life of a professional angler right now here in the middle part of November? Well, you know, I can speak for me. And um, a lot of that is to continue fishing some. Um, That's certainly a part of it. I like to fish, you know, some local events here at home on Lake Amistad. I like to get out, you know, at least a few days a week to keep things going and, and I'm guiding so you know creating some income and in, in that regard but one of the main focuses 
for me is sitting right here behind my computer, finalizing what happened in 2016. I'm always keeping up with my sponsors every quarter, letting them know what's going on. So there's a lot of work that involves with that and, um, you know, sending impression reports and just keeping them up to speed on where I'm at and what I'm doing to improve their product and their brandings. So um, I'm doing that. And then at the same time, I'm turning around. I've got basically an eight week period to say, okay, we're moving on with 2017 and work out some of those final details. And um, there is just a lot of desk work and office work that happens this time of year, whereas you have some of that throughout the year, but really focusing on that big time right now because uh, things are turning up. You've got uh, signups for tour events, uh, open events, Costa events, and really putting that schedule down for what's going to happen in 2017 happens right now, this time of year. So there's just a lot of moving parts that need to come together really quickly over about an eight-week period. Yeah, and uh, no doubt, you know, it's uh, truth be told, you guys are, are really your own logistician, mechanic, you know, and then you've got to be able to go out there and perform. And, and I think my understanding from what I know about our upcoming guest, certainly he is going to give us a different spin on that. And, you know, speaking of, of staying in front of the computer, another great way to do that and stay on top of what's going on, not only in the industry, but also techniques and being able to raise your IQ is through what we've talked about so many times with Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster. And, and that gets dropped off directly in your inbox. I know I appreciate that two or three times a week. Good stuff. Some educational, some funny, some on the things of just kind of fighting for our sport and knowing what's going on in the part of conservation. So I encourage everybody, make sure you go to BassEdge.com website. Click on that picture with that big bass. That'll take you to a link to get you signed up, which is going to be at BassGold.com. That's right. Jay Kumar does a great job. And this guy that we're about to interview did a great job in 2016 looking to step up to the 2017 Elite Series. Hang tight real quick for this Angler Spotlight with Jesse Tacarante. Bass Edge listeners, we have a newbie on the show today. Excited to hear what this Florida angler has on his mind. A 2017 BASS Elite Series qualifier from the 2016 Bass Northern Opens. Welcome to the show, Jesse Tacarante. Thanks for being with us today, Jesse. Hey, thanks, Kurt. Appreciate you having me, guys. Well, Jesse, congrats on qualifying to fish the Elite Series next year. What a fantastic achievement. And what goes through your mind as you kind of prepare for 2017? Well, guys, the bigger question is what doesn't go through your mind? And Kurt, you've been there and done this. I had an interview with Mark Hicks about a week and a half ago that I haven't seen published yet on Bassmaster, but it will be, I'm sure. I hope anyway. But, uh, you know, the first question that he asked me was basically the same thing you guys did. What's going through your mind? And all I can see flashing is business opportunity. You know, a lot of guys have this lifelong dream to be an elite fisherman. That's not my lifelong dream. Um, I fished pro basically since I was 18 years old, 17 years old. I think I won my very first red man uh, out on Lake Mead. I'm from out west originally. And that's how I know Aaron and John Murray, and I've been friends for over 30 years. Matter of fact, John was the first guy I called when uh, I qualified, when I hit the road heading back uh, south from uh, Champlain. And we had a long conversation. And going back to, uh, you know, back to where he's busting my chops, where he beat me by the end of the year by a point. 
I mean, back in you know, last term of the year, all that. So, yeah, we've had a lot of good times together over the years. John was my nemesis, you know. He's a little older than I am, just like I was Aaron's, and a lot of people don't know that, but I was Aaron Martin's nemesis growing up. You know, he was nice, four nice. years younger than I am. So, you know, we all kind of stair-stepped each other. The difference was I quit. I quit in 92 when my son was born, you know, and uh, for various reasons, but the most important reason is I just want to be a dad. That was my goal in life. Been married 30 years. My son's 23. He'll be 24 this week coming up Wednesday, and we work daily together with Enigma Fishing. Um, we have a great relationship, you know, and uh, so 17 brings to me a chance. You know, I never set out, funny enough, I never set out to make the elites in the open. Um, I fish them for a lot of fun and relaxation. It's six weeks off right from work i have another company out there so between the two businesses it's nice to get away and last year my wife traveled with all of them or two all of them with me which was fantastic to get off the water i have my wiener dog man i have my wife it's like being at home so we go catch a movie go to dinner go hang out whatever and then go back to work in the morning yeah it really is man it's a blessing and um so this year i told her i said you know i'm not driving back and forth uh my buddy bill beekman you guys see on my Facebook a lot. I love him to death. Great shout out to Bill and Sharon. I just kept my boat at his house. He lives right there in Diamond Point, which is about an hour and a half away from Plattsburgh. And for 45 bucks to 55 bucks, I flew to the James River. I flew to Oneida. I flew. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That little tank of gas. Plus, I got to do a lot more work here with Enigma Fishing and uh, my other businesses. So it really worked out this year. And it's funny how you can focus so much more when you don't have to worry about anything other than just getting on a plane for two hours and leave it. You don't have nothing to prepare. Everything's done. When you get there, jump in the boat and go fish. It's a done deal. Jesse, um, you talk about, you know, some of the business opportunities. What kind of business opportunities do you envision that the Elite Series is going to bring to you and that you can capitalize on? Well, I'll give you a, a for instance, I already signed a two-year boat deal probably worth a little over $100,000. I'm working with uh, two or three other sponsors for about 40 grand a year. You know, I I, I read the the horror stories of these elite guys that are starving and paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, if they don't cash a check, they can't fish. Matter of fact, I was talking to one at Bass Fest last year. I fished the Bass Fest and I was at the gas station and I'm not going to mention his name, poor guy, but he says, man, if I don't get a check this tournament, I'm done for the season. And it was midway through the season. I'm thinking, wow, you you didn't take the opportunity, right, to cap capitalize on being one of the top 100 guys in the world right now. And what I see lacking in the elites is, and I don't want to beat up on anybody, but it's not NASCAR. You know, you can't go out selling, well, listen, I'll tow a boat around 30,000 miles with your name on it and pay me 50 grand a year. It doesn't work that way. And that's why these sponsors, you see the successful guys have had the same sponsors for a long time. And then you see other guys that every year their boat's changing or their truck's changing because they just don't get the basics. If I'm going to pay... Kurt Dove 50 grand a year to go and market. That's exactly what I'm going to pay Kurt Dove for, which includes social marketing, which includes blogs on bass, as many media interviews as you can get, as much co-pollinating, as I call it, marketing with your fans, with your sponsors, special events. It's a lot of work. And you look at the guys who are very successful in the elite, they work their butts off. None of those guys sit around. They have so many things going on at once. So it's, they've developed a business. So it's the same thing. I look at it as a business opportunity. What relationships do I have? How am I going to use those to capitalize and grow my business and the brand, right? And then how am I going to use the very same sponsors to go ahead and leverage them out to maybe other sponsors? For instance, the boat deal. Well, that was through Toho Marine. So Marines are good buddies with this particular boat company, which I can't talk about till the announcement comes out. But 
So he says, hey, let's fly up to the factory. We flew up to the factory, met the owners, did a few changes that, that we both wanted on the boat and whatever. We got it, hit it off, bang, I'm in, I'm in a deal. So I leveraged one sponsor that's been with me for three years into another. That one actually leveraged me into PowerPole. So now I'm with PowerPole, you see? So you use those contacts to leverage forward. It's just like any other business. You've got to plan, right? My famous saying throughout my entire business career, 20 years, is plan your work and work your plan. But if you don't have a plan, you've got nothing to work. So that's where I see a lot of guys go into this thing, you know, oh, I made it, I made it, I made it, but you've got no money. You've got no sustenance to run that business. So that's just the way I look at it, Kurt. It's a business opportunity. I see a place to grow a brand, make some money. It helps Enigma Fishing. It helps me. And if I can go every day out fishing and not worry about spending a single penny of my money personally, I'm doing good. I think you, you, you would agree. You've been there and done that. You, you, know? you got it. So you got it. It's a big opportunity, man. It's just, and I don't want to um, waste it. I want to make the most of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. It sounds like you're well on your way. Let's jump into the fishing aspect, man. That was a, that was a great conversation right there for sure. But, you know, you're now living in Florida, been there several years. And, um, man, you do really well in the northern opens. You know, if you look at your track record, you've cashed uh, most of your checks up in the northern waters. Bernie Schultz, a uh, Florida angler, also, you know, outstanding fishing up north. I can think of several others. But what do you think puts these northern lakes in your wheelhouse? Well, you know, coming from out west, Born and raised Southern California and uh, grew up in Vegas in the desert, fishing the desert lakes all the way up to the Delta. I already had some kind of experience fishing deep, clear water, light lines. You know, I used to literally, we used to video fish with a flasher on our trolling motor. It was as crazy as that sounds. I'm 49 years old, so we didn't have any time. I remember when the first liquid grass came out, I won it in a tournament of champions. I forget, Lawrence X50 or something. I forget what it was called, but it had like a little two-inch screen, you know, and a thing, and it was ridiculous. And I went back to my flasher. I still, I could see an actual fish on the flasher and I could drop down the drop shot or a little Texas rig worm and catch it. So when I got to Florida, I moved here in 96. I live on Lake Tahoe. This is crazy. And part of the reason that I struggle on Lake Tahoe, and I know it's going to sound completely crazy, you guys, is it's always in January and we always have a cold front. So whenever we have a cold front, my back goes completely out. If I were to show you pictures of this year at the open, I almost didn't fish it. I almost picked up the phone and called Chris and said, I cannot make it because I look like an S. All right. So I can't, it's hard to compete when you can't breathe. Right. I'm not right. kidding you. I'm absolutely not kidding you. It's crazy. But once, you know, February, March goes by, I'm good. So, you know, locally here, I do fantastic. I win a lot of tournaments. And I think it's the combination of being able to read grass up north and fish it effectively with light tackle. So a lot of the fish on Oneida last year was all five pound line uh, this year. On Oneida was Carolina rig, 15-pound line, Champlain, 6-pound test, 12 feet of water on a couple, two, three rocks I found in the middle of nowhere. And knowing exactly how to dissect the area that you fish, and, and it's a mirror, exact mirror image of Lake Toho, and you fish both, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. You on bet. Lake Toho, you, bet. you can go out and catch, yeah, you can catch three pounders on Lake Toho. You better just take it off your GPS and leave. Don't sit there and catch 15 pounds. It's not going to do you any good. And when you go north, it's the same exact situation. You can find schools of three eights and three sixes and three nines on the smallies. Those are going to do you no good. You better find those three elevens, three twelves, and fours and up. 
because anything under that, you're going to fall down there in check range, maybe, but you're not going to make the cut. So let's yeah. let's and, uh, elaborate a little bit on that, Jesse. You know, you managed two top 12s this year on these natural lakes, and, and you talk about what you need to look for and how that is similar based upon kind of your upbringing, what you grew up fishing, and, and what your strengths are. But specifically, when you mention if you find threes, you better take them off your graph. You got to get to kind of that, that rock pile that's holding the bigger fish. How do you actually get to that point of, of finding that? You know, can you, you know, and I guess that's the million dollar question, but what is it that you're looking for that enables you to kind of find bass better than many of the locals that fish those events? Well, I have no preconceived notions. And uh, I'll give you an example. The first day of official practice, I ran into Tom La Victoria, who's a local stud up there in Champlain uh, at the Mercury Trailer. And we're talking, he just got his new Phoenix and he's loving it, you know, and we're just talking about the boats. And he says, so how are you doing? I says, I've been catching 20 a day average every day since I've been here on smallmouth. And his eyes got as big as quarters. And he goes, come on, Jess. I go, no, I'm not kidding you, man. Bill's right here. He'll tell you I've had 22, 23 pound days on smallmouth. And he goes, well, you know what? And he was very adamant. I mean, so adamant. It was like, really, Tom, you're really going to, you know, be stuck this way. But he said it. It takes 17 and a half to make the cut here. It has so for 20 years. And nothing's going to change. And I said, that ain't going to cut it this year. I don't even know if 17 will get you a check. He goes, I'll baloney. I'll bet you lunch. I said, I'll bet you a year's lunch. <laughs> and uh, the first day of tournament, I smacked down 21-3 of Smalley's. And what was his words? <laughs> Man, you weren't lying. I said, I told you I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And the second day, I lost three fish that we all saw, my co and I, over five pounds. I should have had like 22, 23 pounds the second day. Should have went up, not down. And right. uh, they just kept jumping off. They were biting funky for whatever reason. When it flicked out calm, they just for some reason were – and I kept playing with the colors and sizes and everything. So anyway, long story short, finding those fish, as you asked, Aaron, um, is just a matter of hunting and pecking, right? It's all the right conditions. My spot in particular looked like a Chinese buffet. And I say that jokingly, but it did. You had – your alewives across the surface, it looked like every time a, a smiley come near him, I mean, it looked like a wave, right, going across. As soon as your drop shot hit the bottom, you'd hit a perch that were as big as your freaking hand, right? And if you cast out just a ways a little deeper, you'd hit the gobies. And it sounded like a machine gun on your, on your rod, you know? And you can always tell the different bites. So I found that. So I found two spots just like that, identical, that were holding fish between four and six pounds, all smallmouth. You couldn't catch a three-pounder in there to save your life. And I don't know what it is, but when those big fish school like that, they school by size. And, and Kurt, you know this also with the smallies. If you catch A3, you're going to catch 50 of them, 100 of them. If you catch a four, you better stay around because there's many more of those too. So, you know, it's just hunting and pecking. But I'm going to tell you the funniest damn thing. I got there, flew in at 10 o'clock on Friday, got the boat ready. By 3 o'clock, we launched at 4.30. I'd found those fish and was done for the whole week. How crazy is that? Wow. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That's when you know it's just kind of meant to be. You know, your time is your time, right? So um, that, that's Well, awesome. I pulled up to the Chinese buffet. And I that's looked it. at Bill. I go, geez, look at these pots of bait everywhere around here. My that's first cast was a five-pounder. We weighed them. You know, I weigh every smallmouth up there. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, holy crap. And then, Aaron, it took me four days to find the next school. Wow. After hitting 100 <laughs> spots, right? Yeah. So it took me four straight yeah. days to find the next school. So. You know, it's just a lot of work. You just got to go out there and spend hours on the meter when nobody wants to. They want to catch fish. And I meter and meter and meter and meter, you know? 
So yep. that's, that. I don't know there's a secret. It's just a lot of work. That seems the secret to a lot of success. Hard work. Hard work always, yeah. always tends yeah. to prevail. So you talked a little bit about the, the decision to fish the Elite Series. You see it as a business platform. So fishing's out the window. <laughs> I, I know that it's not. So, so let's talk about that real quick. What do you feel like is going to be your way to succeed as far as catching bass in the Elite Series in 2017? What kind of things are you going to put in place to help continue this success that you had in the Northern Opens in 2016 on the Elite Series in 2017? Networking, networking, networking. It's no secret. You know, uh, I've, I've known this for years, but a lot of fans apparently think differently. But, you know, there isn't very many elite guys or, if any, that don't get help. Aaron is one of the few that I know because I personally sponsor him. And when I try to give him help, he screams and yells at me and hangs up the phone. Uh, he just doesn't like it. I mean, you know, he's adamantly against it. But, you know, you guys jokingly call it the blue dot pattern. And, you know, it's easy enough for me to fly. And I'm just, it's easy. I've never been to Sam Rayburn. I can fly to Sam Rayburn, talk to one of my own pro staff and say, hey, show me around Sam Rayburn. What should I be fishing? And then I can go back and decipher it myself in the areas. It's like any other elite guy should be doing. That's your homework. You network and you find out things. I've never been to Sam Rayburn. I've never been to Toledo Bend. I've never been to Waddington. But I've been to Okeechobee, I've been to Champlain, I've been, you know, I've, there's other places I've already been, I don't need right. to ask anybody anything. But it's all about the networking and helping each other, and if anybody thinks for a second that 99% of the elite pros don't do that, they've lost their mind. That's exactly how you go out and find fish and win a tournament like you've never been on. It's networking, you know, and uh, that's the way it is in today's day and age. Information is easily funneled from person to person. It's so easy. So let me ask you this, um, Jess, is it, you know, because let's face it, we're in a performance-based business and you use the term business and I'm going to dive off into that in a second because that is, I love talking about business, being an entrepreneur and and kind of that resonates with me, but to succeed in your overall plan, which is developing these business contacts, if, if you're not succeeding at the fishing part of it by bringing fish to the stage, then obviously that goes away and that's going to defeat your overall goal, right, of this business relationship. So how do those two tie in to make sure that you're able to stay around long enough, continuing to develop and and connect the dots and leverage the relationships onto the next one with such a different outlook versus how everybody else has traditionally done it, if that makes sense? I don't think that, uh, I think I got to correct you on that, Aaron, because you think that uh, catching fish is number one priority and it's actually the opposite. Back in the day, Kevin Van Dam was catching more fish than anybody else, but he was making less money than most of the team the elite guys. And until he figured out that it was a business and selling product for your sponsors, first and foremost, tournament winnings, put money in your pocket, not your sponsor's pocket. Now I have two guys on the phone that have fished for years. Have you ever ran to the store and bought a fishing pole because it said Aaron Martin's on it? Or have you ever went out and bought a crankbait because it said Kevin Van Dam on it? I personally never have in 30 years. I might take a look or I might think Kevin recommended it, but at the end of the day, catching fish is not number one priority and it should never be. It's what can I do for my sponsors should be number one priority. Now, now you're listening to Enigma Fishing talking. As the president and sales manager, I deal with the pro staff. The first thing I ask my pro staff is, what dealers do you have in your area, and what are you going to do for me? I don't care if you won the tournament. When you put $100,000 in your pocket, I don't see you writing a check out to your sponsors. You follow me? Yeah, great point. Yeah, you have to cash. You have to do good in the tournaments, meaning stay in the spotlight. But you know what's more important is being on the bass column every single week, being in front of people's eyes. People understand that. They like that little guy 
in the elites making his way along. So Iconelli doesn't win a tournament every month, every week, every year, but he's on the radio every Sunday. He's on podcasts. He's on TV shows. He does his own thing. He's always in the spotlight. It doesn't mean he's on the stage winning tournaments every week. It doesn't do him any good. Same Van Dam. Van Dam went dry for five or six years. Did you ever forget about Van Dam? No. Every freaking Monday morning or Tuesday, there's this column with him smiling, talking about how this fishing or that fishing or where he's going or what he's doing. He's always in the forefront in people's minds. And I think that's where the bass community has it wrong. It's not about winning tournaments. Winning tournaments is great for the winner. What does it do for the sponsor? Right. It's great for the ego. And, you know, you bring up the position. You got it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Fishing has a a lot of ego involved in it. That is is for sure. But you you bring up Enigma Fishing, and I want to make sure that we get this in before we head to break here, but uh, in your position there. Talk to us about how that came about. I love the name. I think it says a lot. We could probably spend a lot of time just talking about, you know, the term, but obviously you're doing something different. Great company. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, in 2013, I lost the wild card on Okeechobee to Chad Morgan Taylor uh, because of uh, not a broken rod. It was six broken rods that week by a certain company. I will not say. Ouch. That was a Matt yeah, flipping tournament, right? So it wasn't just like you Yeah, were, it was all. Bro- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was smashing them. Everybody was flipping two ounces. And Ken Duke came to my boat in the morning and said, why do you only have two rods out? And I said, I have a two and a two and a half. <laughs> when they quit eating right. two, I pick up the two and a half behind people and I still catch them, you know, just a little different presentation. And I was smashing them every day. I had one over eight, you know, I'm, and uh, I went to flip a five pounder in a boat and that rod snapped. I reacted as fast as I could to try to drop the rod, you know, to ease the shock because of the braid. And it didn't, man. That damn five pounder hit the gunnel, line stretch, popped that hack attack hook out of there and it ripped. Just ripped. I watched them swim away. I still had a two pounder, two and a half pounder in a box. And I still had 24 pounds with a two pounder in a box. And I thought that's going to cost me, but I thought, you know what? It's okay. I'm just going to get back to it. I try not to sweat that. You just can't do anything about it, you know? And you know, I never did catch another fish over two pounds the rest of the afternoon. And my marshal, I said, that's going to kill me today. And sure as heck, I lost to him by about a pound and a half. So that day, as I cried, because <laughs> I really did cry, right. like I said, making the elites was never on my bucket list, but making the classic is I've been to the All-American several times. I've won the Tournament of Champions out West a couple times. I mean, I've done just about everything I can think of other than the class. And um, Enigma was born that day. I said, you know what? I, I got to make a rod that can handle the rigors of today's fishing styles, right? And that's a lot of braided line, a lot of heavy tackle, a lot of heavy type cover structure fishing, and something that's durable. And uh, and the first guy that came to my mind is Aaron. I mean, simple as that, man. When I when I talk about engineering a rod, you know, I, I say this at ICAST to some of the dealers. We talk and laugh and chuckle, and I said, listen, there isn't a single rod in this building that's got more fishermen time on the water and experience in this one. And it's engineered by 20 years plus of 200 days a year between Aaron and myself on the water, real life experience on what should a rod feel like. And what, you know, and Aaron pointed out immediately, you know, you can't get a rod anymore that has a real action. And I get that from my guys. It's funny. Oh, this medium heavy feels like a heavy. No, it's because you're used to a noodle and manufacturers make that. So people don't break them. But Aaron wants a true action. So he wants a real heavy or a real medium heavy like they were 25 years ago. So we've worked really hard on that to get that lineup right. Everything from a 6.7 all the way up to our new that we're making for 17, our HPT series, which has 8-foot swim bait rods and 8.5-foot swim bait rods. Um, Now that we can go over that 8-foot. And Enigma, of course, most people don't even know what it means. Uh, It surprises me what people 
ask me, what does Enigma mean? You try working with Kurt, and then then you'll understand what it means. (laughs) (laughs) Kurt is an Enigma himself. Exactly. All it means is is something that's hard to figure out, you know? And uh, people go, wow, now I get it. Well, you know, Aaron's hard to figure out, man. I mean, he's a damn stud. And, uh, you know, the the Phenom line come just because I kept thinking the names that would describe Aaron, you know, Phenom and Enigma, they just go kind of together, you know? And uh, it is. I mean, we're a rod company. Now I got line and hooks and uh, braid and apparel. And I mean, for 17, we've really kicked it up and done. I got saltwater rod coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just growing and it's an enigma. We popped out of nowhere. And I'd love to be on your show next time. And I I know we got to go break. But we need to talk about our sponsor programs because what we got lined up for 17 is going to blow everybody's mind away, I think, anyway. Well, we are definitely going to do that. We're going to have to dive in this a little bit more with Enigma Fishing and Jesse Tecarante. Bass Edge Radio will return right after this message. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Passage returns with BASS pro angler Jesse Tecarante in our angler spotlight, brought to you in part by Power Pole Shallow Water Anchors. Swift, silent, secure. Hey, Kurt, I know uh, we were talking about this probably at the most highly anticipated episode here in a long time because we have something special. We love giving stuff away. I know you watch Oprah's Christmas special all the time when she gives away everybody in, you know, in the crowd. But uh, talk to me about what you guys got in mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm more apt to uh, the Ellen giveaways just so that you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, there, there you go. There you go. She gives away some really cool stuff. But, hey, Jesse and I were talking uh, prior to uh, – uh, getting on the show and uh, man Jesse you've been able to uh, bring the goods man we got an Enigma fishing rod a hat and a shirt that we're going to give away to a Bass Edge listener all you got to do is go to the Bass Edge Facebook page make sure you like and share the press release on Jesse's show here on Bass Edge Radio and uh, let let all your friends see it on Facebook let them know what, what's going on here at Bass Edge so that they can listen to this podcast with Jesse Tecarante talking about uh, his BASS Elite Series coming up in 2017, Enigma Fishing Rods, all those great things. And we're also going to give away a Bass Edge DVD set for season one and season two of Bass Edge Television that we had, you know, a couple years back. And so we're going to be giving away a lot of cool stuff. Go to the Bass Edge Facebook page, like Jesse's press release about the podcast, and make sure that you share it with all your friends. You can be the winner. This is going to run from November 15th all the way through to November 30th. So be sure you log on to that Bass Edge Facebook page, like and share Jesse's podcast. One thing to add, right? there kurt i yeah. do we do need their email address i do want to point that out because we get so many entries into this stuff but that is going to be one thing that's going to be different give us your email so that we can get in contact with you get the address where to mail it where to ship it to but that is going to be one thing that's going to be a little different all righty sounds good so make sure you put that in the comments section i guess right aaron yeah there'll be a place on there we'll get it all worked out but it'll be very easy very seamless and uh get the winner selected all right well make sure you check out that bass edge facebook page you'll see all the details details starting November 15th again through November 30th. So Jesse, we were talking about Enigma fishing rods getting into that. 
in your opinion, what makes a good fishing rod? Well, there's a lot of good fishing rods out there. You know, I don't ever beat up anybody's uh, rods. All I can do is talk about ours and its features and benefits, right? Um, the new microwave uh, casting system by uh, happenstance Aaron and I used back in 2012 at Lake X. Well, they did the Tackle X show. I was uh, working with Ken Duke on that, putting Lake X together. You know, yeah, I remember uh, that. I remember that. Out there. Yeah. Well, you know, Ben was out there from American Tackle with these microwave guides and he came up to me and he says, hey, I heard you're, you know, working on some rods and you're trying to get, you know, I had some prototypes built and whatever. I said, yeah. And I just got back from uh, one of the northerns. I forget which one. And I had used uh, some guides up there, you know, regular guides, nothing uh, a guy trained at, I think it was a Keegan or something, which is a great guide, by the way. But anyway, he said, I want you to cast these rods. So we went over to the lake right behind our booth, and I made a cast with a regular rod and with the microwave guide rod, and I could not believe the difference. I mean, until you get out there, it's the only rod that I know of and the only guide train system that I know of that you can make a cast, and you can see it, you can feel it, and you can hear it, the difference. It's literally, it removes 100% of the line slap from the vibe seat first guide on. Generally, what a guide train does is it tries to gain control of the line, which is the easiest way to explain it, by the third guide. What this does, it gets control right from the get-go, which increases your distance and your accuracy with about 30% less effort. And believe it or not, that's what drove Aaron nuts. When he seen it and he casted it, he went crazy. He was like, this is what we have to use on all our rods, period. It makes you way more accurate. If you're trying to skip under docks, even with a spinning rod or a bait cast, you don't have to sling as hard. When you're bait casting, it's the same thing. When you make the cast, last year at Bass Fest, all three of my marshals came to our booth at Bass Fest and bought rods uh, every day. So they says, man, I fished with so-and-so yesterday. You're out casting them with an 8XD like 30, 40 feet, and you're not like not working on it with our 7-8. So what makes a good rod to me? Components and then having true actions. When I asked Aaron, hey, we got to do our crankbait rods, I couldn't even finish the sentence, and the first literally question out of his mouth was, for cold water or hot water? And how many guys <laughs> listening to the show understand that difference? It's huge. Yeah, and probably not many. I'd lo- love for you to go That's into right. that. Let, yeah. let the listeners uh, know. Yeah. Yeah, when I, and I asked Aaron, I said, Aaron, what, you know, and he says, listen, when you're fishing hot water for crankbaits, you're throwing 8 pounds, 10 pounds, you're long line in, you're throwing thin wire hooks on big crankbaits, you know, a 6XD, an 8XD, and nowadays a 10XD you got to have a rod that can handle that fish, you know, on a hundred plus foot throw, or if you're long line in 300 yards, you know, I mean, you're out there. People don't realize how long that really is. That has a lot of give, right? It has a lot more parabolic action to give that fish with that light wire hook and that light line, the ability to not throw that hook. But when you're fishing a 2.5 or a 1.5 or anything, say 10 feet and up, generally you're fishing in cooler water, right? Towards the fall or the winter months, and you're jacking them. And we have a 7.2 medium heavy and a 7.2 heavy that you fishing with 20-pound fluorocarbon, 17-pound fluorocarbon, depends on your choice. But the point is the fish bite them completely different. They're not mouthing the bait in 25 feet of water. They're smashing the bait. And they're choking them. And you got to jack them. And if you fish like Aaron does, when he jacks a four-pounder, he wants to just crank it to the boat and flip it in a boat. He doesn't give it – it doesn't even know what happened to it. You know, right. it's like, wow. <laughs> That's the way he is. I mean, you watch the guy land a smallmouth on five-pound line, you think he's fighting it on 20. And, and that's the difference. Aaron said, I want to be able to fight a smallmouth on five-pound line no different than I do a 10-pound largemouth on 65-pound braid and a flipping stick. you got to be able to put the heat to the fish with what you got. That's the challenge 
when making the rods. So you can actually put the heat to a five-pound smallmouth with five-pound line with our little six-seven. You'll wear that fish out quick, but it's on the rod. The rod doesn't break your line, right? But most people don't realize it does if you're using the wrong rod with the wrong size line. Got to have the so right you can't action. use a heavy rod, right? Yeah, with eight-pound tests, right. <laughs> it ain't going to work. In talking about the different techniques and the rod actions like you are, cold water versus hot water, true action, what is that process to match the, you know, those correct components and actions, I guess? Can you, can you help us? When they look at the laundry list of, of different actions and links and, and that that you have, how can we narrow that down, Jesse, to say, okay, this is the rod I need for this? Can I give you the stupid answer? Please, because I am not a very smart man. <laughs> it's written right on the rod. <laughs> Just read Perfect. it, and it'll tell you exactly what you should use it for. As far as on the water, my barn looks like a tackle storage facility because I have so many rods. And what I did is I went out and literally bought over 700 competitors' rods when we first started this. And I'm looking at all the pitfalls, and I'm looking at all the positives and in construction you know, materials from cork to EVA. And Aaron's a very, very much a minimalist. So he wanted, you know, not the lightest rod in the world because he understands the lighter it is, the weaker it is. It doesn't matter. And nobody can, you know, I can take the, the lightest rod out there and put 65 braid on it here in Florida and I'll break it. And I did it. I proved it six times in a week. So at the end of the day, you got to have, if you know, you can't expect to throw a 65 pound line on a rod and have the rod not break if it's not the right rod for the job and weigh what an envelope does. Impossible. You can't have that. you got to have a meat stick to do a meat job. Uh, if you're a butcher, you come in there with a big hatchet to cut ribs. You don't come in there with a little paperclip cutter or something to try to cut a big rib off of a cow. It's, it's impossible. So the right tool is very important. And, you know, uh, what I was saying is I get a lot of my pro staff that tells me, you know, I've noticed – now that I've used it for some matter of fact, I just got an email yesterday that I'm landing more fish over the season when I'm using it for its recommended uses. And that's what Aaron's done. He sat and he said, okay, this rod should be used for this, 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 and this. And it, it makes it a lot easier for the consumer or the fisherman to look at it. But I see a lot of guys fishing like, you know, in the opens, we, we have every type of co-angler there is and every manufacturer of rod there is and every situation you can think of. And Kurt knows when I look down and you look down, sometimes you go, holy Lord, what are you doing with that rod using it for this? You know, and yeah. I've actually let co-anglers use my rods. So here, you need this rod. We're going to do this. I just did that when we were at Champlain. I gave my co-angler my drop shot rod. Because <laughs> yeah. he didn't, he wasn't ready for it, you know. I find that uh, you know when you have that several different rod brands, I wonder how somebody can adapt to that every time they pick up a new rod. Because for me, I want to pick up the same brand over and over because then they have the the different actions and they feel the same. And you know, I feel like I'm in tune with what's going on. When you pick up an X rod and then a Y rod, I think you know it just screws up my whole mojo. So so I'm all about using. I'm the same the, way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see a lot of, yeah. a lot of the co-anglers, like you're mentioning, just having a lot of different types of rods. I feel like it's important to uh, find one you like and then get the six, seven, eight actions that are really, you know, tailored to your type of fishing and go with it that way. I think that's the best way to attack it. But Jesse, man, this has been a great conversation, but I got to, we got to jump into our O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day, listener question segment. Today's question comes from Lee Pfeiffer. Lee asks, 
asks, I had some great success finding bass by following the bait toward the backs of the creeks this fall. But the last time I went, the water level had been pulled down significantly and couldn't find as much bait or the same quality bass that had been there the week prior. How does falling water affect the way bait and bass move into creeks? Are the bass still there? I would say they're very much still there. <laughs> you know, you follow them in, you follow them out. So, you know, over the years, my experience with something like that is the fish would just pull out to spend because that's what the bait does. So rather than be up on the banks or the channel swings, look for them more out in the middle of the channel. And, um, you know, suspended fishing is where I excel. I love to see suspended fish streaking on the grass because that means I'm going to catch a ton of dumb fish that are hungry. To me, the that's simple the solution is just move that's out. That's the way I like them, yeah. dumb and hungry. <laughs> yeah, right? That's yeah. just the way it is. I mean, I've I've done that. I can't tell you how many times you go up the center of the creek, especially Douglas is notorious for that. You go up in them creeks and they're not where they should be, and you go out in the very middle of the creek, and there they are over 60 feet of water because they've pulled the water 15 foot down the last month, and uh, they suspend and just take a swim bait and count it down and, or a spoon, or sometimes you can make them come up on top. Do you go through the process of using your electronics to find exactly where they are, or is that just something from instinct that you don't even mess with, kind of disturbing and, and just, uh, you know, if they're not, like you said, where they should be or where you think they should be, do you just automatically pull out and turn around and pick up a swim bait or top water and go at them? You know, my fishing has evolved over the last three years. Remember, I was gone up until 2012. Uh, I was offshore a lot. And, um, you know, I didn't start back till 12. And when I did, I was just blown away by the technology that the bass boats had. And I had some Simrads and some Navnets and Farunos on my offshore boats. But when I got inshore, I was like, holy Lord, this has changed. And I had to start using the side imaging and down imaging. And now it's like an addiction. You know, Scotty from Mercury, when he checked my, I blew up my motor at the open last year, he pulled it up and he says, holy Lord, you know, I have like 110 hours of idle time on it. <laughs> He's like, man, what do you, you know, I says, buddy, to me, there's nothing more important than finding a good map, paper map, along with your map of choice, whatever that would be for your machines, and going out and just hunting. And uh, I will spend days doing that. I don't need to get on plane other than to where I'm going or in between spots. And the rest of the time, I'm just idling. And I can't tell you, like on Oneida, Champlain, James River, the stuff I found where I caught fish was because of those hummingbirds, period, end of story. It's something that, you know, once I find it, I go, wow, that's all the key ingredients there. Let's turn around and fish it. But I don't like fishing blind like in the old days, and I didn't like it then either. I don't know, Kurt, if you remember how old you are, but the X-15s and the X-16 paper graphs, and you know, oh, yeah. I used to go through a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I used to go through a ton of those too, uh, Aaron, even back in the day, looking for bait and looking for fish on the grass. Back home, Lake Mead, you know, our average yeah. fish was 35 feet. Unfortunately, we're all about the same age. So, uh, but I do want to cover, you know, uh, before we digress hey, hey, off it's into that. Unfortunate. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Till that, uh, yeah. Till that when I get out of bed in the morning. Jesse, thank yeah. you for answering Lee's question. Lee, here's the important part. Not only take that information, use it in summary. Obviously, the bass are still there. Pick up a swim bait, top water. Use your graphs. Uh, take that advice. Definitely going to help you catch more fish. But in order for us to help you get your prize, you've got to be sure. Email us. Let us know that you heard your question answered by Jesse. Uh, you can go to our website, as easy as BassEdge.com. Click on the Claim Your Prize or send us an email. And uh, we will get that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card sent right out to you. And always a reminder to Bass Edge listeners, sending those questions to the show via our website, BassEdge.com, or email us, support at Bass Edge, or hit us up on our social media, Facebook and Twitter. 
Twitter pages to submit your questions to possibly win that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. Well, Jesse, it was uh, certainly a pleasure getting to know you today and, and certainly appreciate not only the fishing tips, but also just, you know, I'm even going to go so far as to say good life tips of, you know, plan your work, work your plan. You're seeing it as a business. You've outlined exactly what you're there to do. And there is no doubt in my mind, you are going to be a huge success in all of your many definitions of how you kind of have it segmented. But uh, any final, you know, words or or closing thoughts as we get ready to shut it down? Just guys, you know, if you're going to be a better fisherman, and this has nothing to do with, you know, sponsors, elites or anything else, it's hard work. It's all it is. Get out there, you know, use the tools and learn to use your tools. A lot of my friends, I do a lot of uh, uh, live training here at Toho Marine. We'll do an event like once a month, uh, once every other month uh, for electronics. And it blows me away, the guys that show up with these $60,000, $70,000 bass boats and all these electronics and come up to me and say, you know, all I know how to do is turn the damn thing on. And that's a tool, and it comes with a manual, and it's, it has a manual for a reason. Get out there. Go through the struggles. It's not easy to learn it all. It's complicated, but it's like anything else. You only get out what you put in, right? So the more time and energy you put into learning your tools, the better and more efficient you're going to be. You learn how to drive a boat at 75 miles an hour. You learn how to drive your car at 75 miles an hour and use its GPS and its phone and its Bluetooth. And it's the same thing with your machines. Get out. Those things are so critical nowadays because there's no more secrets. I can be driving down the lake and look across the lake and go, oh, Kirk's fishing that ledge right there. I can see it on my map. I know exactly what he's fishing. And unfortunately for most people, they call it the, what do they call that? Uh, the bent rod pattern, Kurt? You bet. So, bent, you know, well, I mean, you know, yeah. not, nothing says there's rules against being observant, right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And at the end of the day, guys, that's part of a tournament strategy. It, it really does uh, come down to, you know, in my mind, who does the best networking nowadays? And then who knows how to use those electronics because catching bass is a simple thing. I think we can all agree on that. Once you find them boogers and you figure out what they're doing, catching them is pretty easy. The rest of it is finding them. Finding them is using your tools, right? Knowing how to use your right tools for the right situation. And that's the best piece of advice I could use uh, or give out there is electronics. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Compared to leaving Cape Canaveral and looking out into the big blue ocean. And going, where do I start? <laughs> and you start by looking down, you know, at your map. And uh, then the next thing you do is you look at your machines. And uh, hopefully you can find live bottom and clouds of bait and grouper and snapper and whatever you're looking for. Because that's the only way to do it out there. And that's the best training I've ever had. And it, and it really translates into the bass fishing just as well. So use your tools, man. They're, they're there for and they're and they're very good. Well, Jesse, thank you so much, man. It's been great having you on the show. Congratulations on an awesome season. Good luck in the 2017 Elite Series. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. Hey, guys, Gerald Swindle, Bassmasters Elite Series Pro, telling you, don't go anywhere. Stay here. Do what the cool kids do and listen to Bass Edge Radio. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. 
Allen. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Certainly, you dropped us a surprise there, and I just want to make sure to remind all Bass Edge listeners, November 15th, today through the end of the month, your opportunity, log on to Facebook, follow the contest, enter for your chance to win the Enigma prize package. Value there is crazy, but also a Bass Edge DVD set of Season 1 and Season 2. And uh, quite honestly, Kurt, I love doing that type of stuff. And I love having people like Jesse on here that is willing to kind of contribute to Bass Edge Nation, help us raise our IQ, give back in the form of great product. And I thought his comment about plan your work, work your plan, again, coming back to that simplicity like we talked about in Gerald Swindle's interview last time, November 1st, it just really resonated with me. Yeah, Jesse has some uh, really interesting views on how he's going to tackle this next step in his fishing business. <laughs> so it's not necessarily, you know, all about the catch and fish. I mean, obviously that's a part of it. He's got a plan for that, but his goal is to obviously capitalize on the business opportunity is his number one priority. And um, it's probably an approach that many of us don't look at very open-mindedly and see these opportunities because we're so caught up in the game, but not what the game can provide us as a career and a lifestyle. So um, it's going to be really interesting to watch Jesse. Very interesting interview. Loved every piece of it. And um, man, I got to say, it was a long, one of the longer interviews we've done in quite a while, but that's because it was so, you know, just so intriguing what his views are. But um, we appreciate everybody. Stay in tune to Bass Edge. Be sure to log into our Facebook page. Get in with with this uh, contest that we've got for the Enigma Fishing Package and the Bass Edge DVD Package. We are going to be back December 1st for another episode of Bass Edge Radio. Thanks so much for your support. We'll see you next time. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.